Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Please Stop, the podcast with Katie and Chaz. We have some fun updates and another little quickie episode for you this week. So I hope you enjoyed last week's quickie. We really, really loved being able to still put out content, but still also make time for the things that are important to us. So um, if you liked it, let us know. If you hated it, I don't care. How are you, Chaz? I'm really good. I'm kind of all over the place. I've had an extremely eventful week, but not the typical week I normally have. Well, a portion of it was my typical going out, insane encounters with men, all of that. But I'm having um, one extreme to the other of partying, getting wasted in casinos with strange Southern men, and then wholesome antelope feeding with my mother. How have you been? (laughs) I'm good. I had a really fun... Wait, what? I think we're lagging because I'll stop talking and then you won't talk for five seconds or make any facial expression. What? And then you talk. I go to say like, hey, are you, can you hear me? And then you will start answering what I just said. Yeah, I feel like there's definitely something weird going. Okay, so I'm in the middle of nowhere in Mississippi. I have terrible Wi-Fi, so I'll say something and then I'll freeze and then Katie will take seven seconds to respond, but I think she has nothing to say. So then I'll talk over her. (laughs) Um, Sorry if that keeps happening. We're just going to do our best here. Look, if we don't end up making it through the full episode, we will, we are going to put something out this week. So (laughs) this is what it is. Just bear with us in the wilderness of Mississippi. I think what we need to do, because I keep thinking you're done talking because for me, you keep freezing. So then I'll go to say something to fill the awkward silence, but you're not done talking. You're frozen. So I think we should give each other like a three second grace period when we're actually done talk- talking. Like wait, th- wait three seconds extra for the other until we talk over the other one. Okay, I just waited three seconds before responding. Um, Okay, but when we're waiting, maybe we move a little so we know we're not frozen. (laughs) I literally can't tell. You were frozen this whole time. Like, you are continuously frozen. I don't know what the fuck's going on over there. Please stop. Mississippi, man. This is why people in Mississippi don't have podcasts. (laughs) You know, we could maybe do a 10-minute episode this week. That's true. You ain't never heard of a podcaster from Mississippi. This is why. I said that like 10 minutes ago, and you're just now responding to it. It's taking you like 30 seconds to laugh at what I see. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Okay. You give me an update. Give, Give me an update. Oh, okay. Great. Okay, um, here's my update. Don't talk. <laughs> Don't talk for like seven minutes. No, it's probably like a minute and a half. I had such a fun weekend. I went to um, a haunted house with some of my friends and we got so lit. Um, if you are not a haunted house girl or you maybe weren't a haunted house person growing up, maybe like that you thought they were really scary or you know you don't like scary things, try going now as an adult we had so much fun. Please start going to haunted houses. It it was lit. Like this thing is designed for adults to have a good time. So there's a bar and the whole thing, there's three haunted houses in it and you have to like wait in line to get in and it takes a while. So in between houses, 
you just go get rounds at the bar, drink in line. And by the time you get up there, you are buzzed. You are tipsy. You are having a great time. You're like screaming at everything. And like people are trying to scare you. But like it's funny at that point because you're like pretty like fucked up. There was also a DJ. So this was like the most lit haunted house I've ever been to in my life. And we had so much fun. I would like to maybe start a potential new segment for us called Please Stop Us, which is please stop us from doing what it is that we are doing because it's, I don't even know what to call this. I was in the line and we wanted to take a picture with one of the spooky dudes. So the guys in costume that are walking around trying to scare you. So we were like, oh, can we get a picture? We want to get a picture with you. The guy was like, okay, we go to pose and he was like, what should I do? Like, what do you want me to be doing? Do you want me to be scary? Like, do you want to, like, hug me or whatever? And I was – I literally go, pose like you're my daddy. He, like, grabbed my chin and turned it towards him. <laughs> it's a horrifying photo. Maybe I'll post it. Um, but it was really funny. But, like, please, God, someone stop me from doing that ever again. That was horrifying. But please start going to haunted houses. So I've had my fair share of haunted houses in New Orleans. So I would go to ones in Baton Rouge and in New Orleans. And there was one time, the one time that someone should have stopped me at a haunted house was when I made out with one of the ghost girls who popped out of a little cavern. But maybe we should start doing that more. Maybe we should be making out with these employees more if it's consensual. My week has been very different. I would love to go to a haunted house. I've done equally scary things. I don't know if you've ever fed a zebra. Highly don't recommend it. They're very vicious creatures. I really want to cover, during this episode, I would like to discuss the emotional turmoil that people in their 20s, 30s, even 40s, that young adults go through when visiting their parents who don't live in the same city or state as them. Katie, are you frozen? Oh, okay. It's me. Okay. (laughs) It took a second. You have to look at me. It's because you're frozen. I don't even see them. (laughs) I've been doing them for literally the last minute. (laughs) Good luck editing this. I do have things to contribute to this because we both live in places that are far away from our families and we have for most of our adult lives. It is definitely an emotional roller coaster. It is a process of settling in and finding your footing, especially becoming an adult like your parents don't have a big say on your life anymore, but you still want to, you know, show that you respect them and you, you're, you see value in the way that they raised you or like whatever it is. At least that's how I try to approach it when I go home. So the way I've felt, especially when you lose a parent, you get that much more pressure to make the time you have left with your surviving parent count. So the emotional pressure that comes with that is beyond overwhelming. I don't consider myself a particularly anxious person anymore, at least. But visiting home, I immediately was relieved seeing my mom. It was going so incredibly well. It was like I was the perfect child. She's the perfect mom. And I was able to show her all of the appreciation I never did and make up for all the times I took her for granted because I was the brattiest teenager ever. But then she would do something like cough or chew with her mouth open and I would immediately be flooded with all of my childhood trauma and all of the bad things that's gone on between us. And then I would have to battle that. I don't know. I'm really 
weird in particular when it comes to noises. And I keep finding myself having, I don't know if you've ever felt this, but spurts of appreciation, spurts of guilt for being such a difficult bratty daughter in my later years, spurts of love and joy for being with my mom, especially we celebrated her birthday today. And then spurts of irritation, like irritability, because I'm about to get my period in two days. And I don't know, she'll cough and it sends me into a spiral and I start gritting my teeth. And I think it's just, I think it's representative of all the stress and the pressure that keeps accumulating in my subconscious. So then when something slightly goes off or like the littlest thing happens, I'm just very on edge is what I'm noticing. But overall, we had an amazing day today. I drank two beers and all of the stress went away. I just needed a little something to take the edge off. And I know that sounds like a social crutch, which is sounds pathetic with your own mom. But I will say there's something about being 30 and visiting your mom and with her boyfriend and with her new in her new house that I've never once slept in that I needed to take the edge off. But once I did, everything fell into place. It's been incredible. We had the most special day today, and it's all back being warm, cozy, butterfly feeling. Is it? Do I get guns? I've been doing the guns for so long. Are you doing guns? There you are. Okay. Doing the guns for so long. <laughs> you keep freezing. I don't see the guns. <laughs> I keep trying to do the guns. Okay, it's your turn. <laughs> oh, my God. I agree. I think it helps so much to be slightly not even like tipsy or like you need to be drinking, but like you need some disconnect from the pressure of being around family, especially if it's family that you don't see very often because you can put so much pressure on the whole thing that it's got to be worthwhile. It's got to you got to make sure you like soak up every second. And like, that's just so much pressure to be putting on yourself. It's a lot of pressure to be putting on your parent. When at the end of the day, they are human, like they're gonna make noises that annoy you, or they're gonna approach a situation in a way that bothers you or whatever it is, like, that's who they are. And those pieces of it don't go away. And like putting a bunch of pressure on it for everything to be perfect, just isn't helpful. So I feel like whatever you need to do, whether that's like, smoke weed outside, or, you know, take a walk around the block, go for a run, have a drink at the end of the night, like, just do whatever's going to help you chill out for a second I think is the healthiest thing that you can do when you're around your family because like I don't know it's our it's hard to not take every single interaction personally because it everything is personal with family I'm so glad that you're having a good time with Mary Lou I think that's so important and I love that you got to celebrate with her today and go feed a bunch of cows and giraffes and things will you tell me why it was scary to feed a zebra that seems like it would be kind of fun Okay. (laughs) You are not supposed to feed the zebras. They are highly aggressive and unpredictable, much like I have been sporadically throughout this trip. (laughs) Here's the other thing. Normally, I would say never use a substance as a crutch for social lubrication in any sort, but normally I would be doing cardio. But because I fucked up my knees so bad, I still haven't been able to run. Like I still am having trouble bending one of my knees. And I also did not, I fly spirit, guys. We love a budget. And I could not pack a carry-on. I could only pack a personal item and I did not have room for running sneakers. So I just figured between that and my knee, I'll, I can do a week without hardcore cardio. 
And you know, it's been a blessing in disguise, my knee incident, because each night, for most of the nights, Mary Lou has been putting bandages on them for me, and I secretly video it, so I have to look back on when I miss her, and I feel like I'm a child again, and it's just the best feeling to have your mom put a bandage on you. I can't even describe it. It's a feeling that can't parallel to any guy flirting with you or any job promotion. It's just some maternal childlike connection that I really missed. And I honestly did kind of missed out on once I hit puberty because I was such a brat. And now I find myself kind of reverting back to my, like, just really leaning into my inner child on this trip. So I'm glad I have fucked up knees because I love when Mary Lou puts Aquaphor on them. That is giving me, I know that it is not this way, but it's probably because it's Halloween and I'm like watching a bunch of creepy TV shows. Did you ever watch Sharp Objects? No. Where, like, the mom basically, like, convinces her daughter that her daughter is, like, sick and dying and, like, wants to take care of her all the time. Well, that's Munchausen's. Yes. The Hadid sister's mom was thought to have that Munchausen's, but with Lyme disease. It's very Gypsy Rose. But, no, I just am, like, a little girl on the inside who wants her mom to put a Band-Aid on her every night. I'm loving it. Mary Lou's an amazing mother, and I took her for granted for so much of my childhood. I'm just trying to make up for lost time, but I only have a week to do it, and I'm feeling stressed, but in this moment, I'm feeling much better. It is, yeah, it's so important to, like, soak up every moment you have together, but also, you know, try not to put too much pressure on anything. I know that's very important to you. It really is. Fucking up the Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I'm not interrupting you. I swear. I genuinely think it's really not helping to be PMSing and not being able to do cardio. But this goes back to all of our self-help tips of the importance of sweating every single day for your mental health. Because I am struggling not having been able to properly work out. And have I've been doing workouts for senior citizens for the last two weeks. And it's taking a toll on my mental health. What senior citizens workouts are you doing? I YouTube workouts that are for people who have knee injuries or with bad knees, like with people who are arthritic. Because again, I was not able to bend my knee for a... I'm just now able to bend them. When do you consider it a red flag? When would you consider it a red flag in a guy if you knew that all of his friends were cheating on their girlfriends? Or all of his friends were just kind of like fuckboys? I mean, immediately. Birds of a feather. Birds of a feather flock together. And guys, trust me, if all of his closest friends are cheating and it's normalized, he's morally, he is accepting to surround himself with people who have a certain moral compass and he is still fucking with them and accepting them as his closest friends. So what does that say about his own views? I truly do believe birds of a feather flock together. People's friends reflect who they are. It's a representation of them. You would be shocked by how many girls will go to date guys, though, and be like, oh, yeah, like, his best friend cheats on his wife or blah, blah, blah. His best friend's piece of shit, but 
you know, it's his best friend, no big deal. And like that always blows my mind because I always think if the guy is okay with that and not, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I understand, you know, if you've been friends for a long time and sometimes you just have to accept people for who they are, but if that's a consistent pattern, there is nothing to say that he wouldn't be doing the same exact thing to you. There was no, there would be nothing to stop him from doing it because obviously the people around him don't see that as a moral issue. And so could you trust him? Could you trust them? Could you literally, how do you ever trust somebody like that? But it blows my mind how common it is. How do you feel about someone who has cheated on previous partners? Like, how do you feel about a relationship that either started from cheating or about trusting your partner won't cheat on you even though they've cheated on everyone else? My personal opinion is... It's situational. I'm a partner who used to emotionally cheat a lot before my last relationship. And I was fully faithful in my last relationship, even though all the ones before that I started emotional affairs. I think a couple of physical affairs, two physical affairs. I was very young. I was a teenager and early 20s. You know, you live and you learn. But I'm someone who is living proof that you can cheat on people, but then find someone who you don't want to cheat on. But I think that's really rare. I think most of the time, once a cheater, typically a cheater, I would not say always a cheater. What are your thoughts? Finger guns. Yes. I am similar to you. I had never really cheated on anyone. And then I, I, they weren't really affairs because things were always kind of like back and forth or like on and off with certain people in my past. Like this is several years ago at this point, but I did go back and forth between guys for a minute. Like both emotionally and physically. And I don't think like I then like went on to have very faithful relationships after that. And that is my preference. Definitely. I think it just depends though, what kind of season that relationship is in or what kind what season you're in. If it's the right person and if it's a relationship that you care enough about, I think you will obviously not cheat on that person. But I think if you are cheating on that person, that basically tells you it's not the right relationship or like, you know, you just you do not care about that person at the end of the day if you're cheating on them or you don't care enough. You know, I'm not going to say you don't care at all, but you definitely don't care enough because you're not respecting that or being faithful to them or even like approaching them and telling them, hey, there's a problem. Maybe we shouldn't be together. You're just going behind their back and lying to them which I think always is a cowardly thing to do, even though like I have done that, like I wouldn't ever defend it and say that that was, you know, for any good reason other than me being a pussy. I have mixed feelings on this because there was a time I cheated on someone. Well, actually I was in love with someone else and they weren't living anywhere near where I was living and I was just acting out and I was bored And I wasn't sexually satisfied. And then there was another time I cheated on someone, actually the person that I was in love with (laughs) in the other relationship, when I was trying desperately to maintain, like self-preserve my own ego and protect my ego. And the more I felt for this person, the more I felt they had a control over my emotions. 
So I basically would hook up with other people to try to regain that control. But in the end, I would end up falling in love with them even more. And actually, as someone who's dated an individual with certain issues where they don't have much of a control over their impulses and they crave outside validation when they start to feel vulnerable, that is something I relate to because I used to do that. Um, But then I dated someone who actually did that as well. And sometimes there's situations where people don't always cheat because they're not sexually satisfied or emotionally satisfied. Sometimes they do it to self-sabotage because they don't have the emotional tools to properly love someone. So they kind of fuck it up to, to regain the power and kind of beat the other person. Like, I'll hurt you before you hurt me kind of situation or how dare you make have so much control over my emotions. Let me seek outside validation to to get that control back over you. And in the end, it just, they go into a spiral. But that's something I did in my mid-20s, early 20s to mid-20s. And all it ever did was make me fall deeper in love with the person I was trying to fall out of love with. So I don't know. I don't think it's that easy to say people cheat because they're bored or because they're not in love or... They don't, they're cowardly. I, cowardly, yes. But sometimes I, I think it can be multidimensional. And sometimes the person cheating on you is because you're the, they're more in love with you than they've ever been with anyone. And they just cannot handle that and they resent you for it. Absolutely. I, I mean, yeah, I think the cowardly piece is always part of it because you're using escapism in a way to go outside of your relationship and feel like you have control that maybe you actually don't have or maybe you feel like you don't have. Um, and so it's this like outer outside form of validation that you can get to say, oh, I'm still worthy. I'm still hot. Like if I'm not getting what I need from you, I'm going to go get it somewhere else. But what you're not doing is actually confronting that problem directly and having a hard conversation with your partner you probably don't want to cause a fight. You don't want to break up because you love them. There's all kinds of things that go into it. But yeah, I think the emotional stakes of cheating, in my experience, are always very high. I don't think – I think definitely some people just cheat because they don't give a shit, right? That they don't care about the other person. But I don't think I have one more thing to add. And this is speaking from my own personal experience – from myself and from other people I'm very close to. Thing I notice the most commonly is insecure people are the most likely ones to cheat. Not ones that aren't satisfied or not in love. It's the ones who are insecure and they crave that outside validation to feel worthy of love from the person they're in love with. But it's also stemming from how much they resent the person who has control over them emotionally. Um, And then if you have a partner who's ever cheated on you, don't automatically assume it was your fault or that you weren't enough. And if you've ever cheated on someone, don't automatically blame your partner. You might need to do some internal work. But yes, I need to go watch TV with my mother. It is her birthday. And the audio with this is insane this week because of the shitty Wi-Fi. So thank you for being patient and listening. We will resume this next week. Yes. Thank you so much for bearing with us through all of this cheating hot topic. I would like to hear about it more from, I don't know, I'm curious for our audience who has been cheated on, who has cheated. You can stay anonymous, but I would love to know 
what your opinions are about all of this, because I think it's way more common than people even necessarily talk about or people will admit to. Let us know what you think. As always, thank you so much for listening. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Spotify. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review if you enjoyed the episode. And have a great week. We will talk to you next week. Goodbye, everybody. See you next week. I'm just going to – I'm going to call you because I cannot do the finger guns. I can't can't do this. Yeah. Okay. I'm calling you. Love you. Bye. Please stop.